The red button has been pressed And we are back yet again With yet another session Dengan Encik Muzaffar Shah Hanafi Yay Dan juga dengan Encik Diaz Renawan Hello Yo Dan juga dengan saya Encik Fikri Hakim Jermadi Anyways, that was lame, but we got that out of the way. Um, and we're back, tuan-tuan puan-puan sekalian. Kali ini kita akan berbicara mengenai filem-filem yang kita baru saja tengok um, recently. Um, I think this is going to be quite an interesting selection sebab ada banyak filem yang agak berlainan lah. Right? Um, I'm sure most have seen a few. I have seen one or two. Diaz, saya tahu kemarin anda sudah um, menonton... Berapa banyak filem kau tengok Tapi we'll get to you in a short while Six <laughs> Six oh my god Enam filem We're probably not going to go to uh, We're not going to discuss all six of them But uh, kita akan mula dengan Encik Muz Encik Muz Zafar Shah Hanafi How are you man? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine Alright, cool What's the last film we saw bro? Last time I saw, uh, the last time I watched is uh, was Laila Majnun. Oh, Laila Majnun. Somebody is going way back. Yeah, going way way back. Okay, why do you watch uh, Laila Majnun? What? Sorry. Can I put that film Laila Majnun? Hello. Why? Why Laila Majnun? Okay, uh, masa tu aku balik rumah 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 ayah aku lah. I mean, I'm, okay, the thing is for me, aku aku akan nonton television kalau aku balik kalau aku balik kampung ni. Eh. Sebab kalau aku kat KL, aku tak tengok TV langsung. Hmm. I don't see the point of that because I have access to internet and whatever. Hmm. So, sebab kat rumah aku tu, internet is quite slow. So, I just watch whatever the, it is on, on television. Hmm. So, Or just when I was flicking around the channel, I, aku terjumpa lah cerita tu kan. And it just happened that it just started out. So I just watch it. I think the last time I watched Lady Machu was like, oh, 15 or, you know, when I was like in primary school, you know what? Okay. And, yeah. So how, how do you feel about it? Kan sekarang kau tengok film tu lagi? Huh? What do you think of the film? Hello? I think a lot of people I think a lot of people were overshadowed yeah. by Piramli actually Tapi because of the fact that Dorit Ahmad ni dia dia tak berapa bersalah dengan Piramli boleh main komedi boleh main serious boleh jadi orang jahat tapi Dorit Ahmad ni dia restricted to very serious character I hardly watch Dorit Ahmad jadi buat komedi so so there's a apa there's a deduct one point there lah compared to Piramli I think that's what uh, uh, why most Malaysian uh, always uh, more leaning towards Piramli rather than Nordin Ahmad. Adakah mungkin kita... 
terlalu mengutarakan uh, filem-filem komedi. Hello, Mos. Ya, ya, ya. Adakah kita terlalu mengutarakan filem-filem komedi? Uh, maybe because what was confirm with you yang ni the version that you watch is actually tahun 1962 alright it's, it's a bit different I think earlier on uh, there was the same film yang berjudul Laila Machun yang juga diterbitkan pada tahun um, 1934 apparently um, I think 19 uh, I think 1936 lah after 1936 uh, I'm not sure it's, it's definitely the mid 30s I am uh, I'm, I'm looking at the internet here, it says 1934. Uh, definitely around the same time period. Um, sering dikenali juga sebagai filem Melayu pertama. Um, itu, uh, that's the first Laila Majnun lah. Tapi apa yang kau cakap ni adalah yang versi yang ke, yang lain lah. Yang diterbitkan pada tahun 1962. Yang ada Latifah Omar sekali kan? Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, um, ni. I think it's, it's um, we, 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 We don't really have uh, an end point untuk cerita Laila Majnun ni sebab aku rasa kalau tak silap aku baru-baru ni pun not not so long ago there was another adaptation juga if I'm not mistaken um, 
but it's, it's, I think it's just something that we like over and over again. It's, it's often seen as the kind of the Muslim version of Romeo and Juliet. If I know, if uh, yeah. what, what do you think? Is that do you think that's a fair comparison to make? Thank you very much, Moose. What about you, uh, Mr. Hernawan? Yeah. Um, latest movie I saw. I saw like I think six or seven films last night. Not last night. Yesterday. Started off with the um, the making offs, I guess. Making off of Magnolia, and then after I watched the making of Magnolia, I watched Magnolia. After that, I watched the making of Act of Valor, where the DOP Sean Hulbert talks for like two hours <laughs> about how he made the whole thing with DSLRs. So I Sorry, watched they, Act of they, Valor. The making of? Act of Valor. Act of Valor. Alright. What, what was um, what was the most interesting thing about you? Uh, about about this for you actually? Act of Valor? Oh, um, well first Shane Herbert. He's the DOP. He's talking about how he made the whole film on DSLRs. That's actually the first film in Hollywood that is made um, you know, 85% of the film is being shot with DSLRs. And I watched the film again. I've watched that film for like three three times, three, four times now. Mm. And then after that, I stumbled upon this um, article in, I think, North Film School talking about, um, what was that? Uh, Apocalypse Now, the documentary for Apocalypse Now. It's um, basically the story of, you know, Fort. Ford Coppola, right? Is it Francis Ford? Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola making his apocalypse now. And that's crazy. I mean, like, <laughs> that's just one crazy, I mean, documentary. I mean, if you see the way on, you know, how how much effort that he had to pull to make the the, the movie, it's just amazing. That's why I, I, I finished um, watching that documentary, which is called Heart of Darkness. Mm. And then I watch um, Apocalypse Now. It's, okay. uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. So there's a couple of films that you have seen that has spanned across many different um, eras, can you? Oh you yeah. And one I finished film? that with Godzilla. Of course. <laughs> and <laughs> after that, Divergent. We, we, I need I need like you know a couple of Hollywood blockbusters here and there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll go crazy watching classics. <laughs> Absolutely. Kepala masih macam meletup dah lah. I know. Right. Um, kau ada tengok feel, apa dokumentari bagi um, apa, uh, the making of Act of Valor dan juga the documentary for the making of Apocalypse Now. What are the similarities in terms of uh, production techniques yang kau yang that you see ataupun uh, yang uh, dia nampak dalam dua-dua filem yang berbeza ni sebenarnya. I know it's it's a ni it's a toughie but you know I, there has to be some similarities kan sebab kita sering nampak perbezaan. Tapi apakah yang kita boleh nampak yang sama? 
Oh god. Um cara dia orang kerja tu macam okey. Like, kalau yang sama It's tu different. Susah. I mean like even the way they work, even though both of them are like from Hollywood, okay? Mm. Apocalypse now. This is like, you know, um Capola trying to get into Philippines. He's got the support of the whole Philippine army. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, if you if 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 you saw those helicopters, those Hueys in the uh, in Apocalypse Now, they actually belong to uh, Filipino government, and there's like Filipi- uh, Filipino army soldiers who they're, they're like the pilots, you know. The pilots are are Filipinos. Yeah. And Act of Valor is uh, it's you know these guys they just go to Myanmar, right? They have they have their whole camera package. In a suitcase, which they bring on as carry-on. I mean, like, imagine that in 90s, what, 70s, right? Hmm. 70s. And they would just go out, and um, they're going to rent a van. They're going to unleash the DSLR, the 5Ds. Yeah. Shane Hobart would start to, you know, steal shots everywhere, while the two directors are talking about... Uh, where to shoot their films okay. <laughs> and to book the hotels for them. <laughs> I mean, it's just completely different. Like it is, it is very, very different. Hmm. Although, I think the similarities is that how how much they believe in the project. Hmm. You know? I mean, Act of Valor as a movie is not a very strong kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But it may uh, it break grounds as in first it utilizes the DSLR the five D the five D um, Canon uh, Canon cameras, which you know no one ever do that <laughs> mm. uh, in in the um, in the Hollywood. I mean yeah they they do use that, but as for like a crash cam B cams blah yeah, blah yeah. blah, but never as the the, the, main, the, camera. the main camera. And this guy Shen Herbert he said okay let's just use five D like twelve of them. To make Act of Valor, hmm. and he's using the firmware that is sometimes working, sometimes not working. Hmm. So that is one. But the similarities is that, and 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 they're also using real Navy SEALs hmm. as the actors. They don't use actors. They are like hardcore Navy SEALs, hmm. um, and obviously they can act, but they can shoot. Let me tell you that. And Act of Valor is a movie where you just like watch and just like see people shooting each other, blow things up, and apparently they're, they're actually shooting the film with, like, live, live ammunition. Huh. Yeah, yeah, live ammunition. If you see, like, behind the scenes, right, they have, like, one camera, like, um, you know, off the angle of the rifle, and the cameraman, the camera operators would be, like, behind there. Hmm. He's gonna be, like, wearing a, a sunglasses, a hat, and cover himself up with, like, a, a blanket hmm. to cover himself from the, you know bullets or whatever and and you see Apocalypse Now which is like very different they have like the whole set well it's, 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 it's a proper way of making a film I guess but they both believe in the story they both believe that they are telling something hmm. you know um, I guess the passion they, they, they have they, they share a the similar passion on, on what they are they are doing yeah. and um, both of them are you can say they're like a military or army kind of you know, sort of film, right? Yeah, absolutely. Both are. Um, both are talking about the movie, um, the wars that America fought. Yeah. First, it's the um, the Vietnam War, which is um, 
talking a lot about um, you know basically the more and the other one is about the war on terrorism that America fought today yeah yeah that's right yeah uh, I guess that but the whole movie is just really really different absolutely um, most I just want to get your opinion on this uh, for a short while uh, kind of thing about that act of valor Okay. Actually, I, actually, I think I watch all the films that uh, just I mentioned. Uh, I think uh, I watch Hard Runners, uh, The Clips Now, Like a Valor. Just an interesting thing that I want I, I want to add uh, on the The Clips Now, which is actually one of my favorite movie of all time. Uh, it started out as George Lucas and John Milton. Uh, what is the guy name? John Milton, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, the, the, the script writer, George right? Lucas yeah. Special project. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's somehow uh, being handed over to uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Based on the fact that uh, when George Lucas uh, approach uh, Francis Ford Coppola about making uh, Apocalypse Now, which is based on Joseph Conrad. Uh, Heart of Darkness, yeah, I remember second. Yeah, another uh, Heart of Darkness. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Hello, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, 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 I can, I, I, I can hear. Yeah, I, I, I just takut kalau aku putus. And so, anyway, what interesting me uh, about Apocalypse Now, eh, which is really, really one of the reasons why I suka kira Apocalypse Now, is it started as a George Lucas uh, pre-Star Wars film. Yeah, it's, it's a pre, uh, post-Star Wars project. Yeah, he really wanted to make Apocalypse Now, uh, guerrilla style. I mean that he's going to uh, go to the actual uh, uh, Vietnam theater using his uh, 16mm camera or whatever, <laughs> using real actors. And he, and he approached uh, Facebook Coppola about the project because, you know, Josh Lucas during that time was part of American Zoo Troop, a company owned by uh, Facebook Founded Coppola. Founded by Coppola, yeah. Yeah, and he said, And Russell Coppola said, "Are you crazy? You know, you want to go to Vietnam and you know, be, you know, join, you know, trying to shoot this film guerrilla style. I mean, are you freaking crazy? I'm not going to let you do this. Let me do this project. I mean, give me, give me the script, whatever." So in the end, it turned out to be Francis Coppola's punya film. And the interesting thing is, Josh Lucas actually, uh, you know, uh, allowed his project being. Given totally to Facebook Coppola, and also I think Apocalypse Now is a prime example of what can happen if you give the director too much power <laughs> in yeah. deciding the the direction of the film. Because I think the film is uh, over budget or something like hundred percent over budget. Oh, it's more more than that, man. They 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 plan to shoot the whole thing in like I think eight or twelve. Weeks and they stretch it out into like a year. Yes, and also you know during the time they have to borrow uh, helicopters from President Marcos, which is you know President Marcos can gila them to them dengan revolusi. Marcos during that have to fight another revolution. So during this during the shooting, so suddenly all the helicopters are just, gone. <laughs> uh, when <laughs> yes. yeah, they're rolling and, and then know, suddenly and like five choppers just like went off. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, what? Where the hell are they going? They're still shooting. 
President Marcos actually calling for for the all the pilots to be ready for war to fight for to fight the rebels or whatever. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I mean, if I was if I'm Francis Coppola during that time, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to shoot myself. Like, I know it's crazy yeah, doing that. Uh, so I, mean, I I have huge respect for Francis Coppola because of what because now, not because of it's good for the films, but because of because now. And okay. I think um, in Hearts of Darkness, right, um, uh, Coppola said something that is very interesting. He said that um, directors are one of the few jobs that is actually is a, uh, a dictator in a more and more democratic world. <laughs> But then again, I mean, like, without that kind of thinking, he wouldn't be able to get through this kind of shit. It's just, you know... Things after things that is happening to him, it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of troubles he had to just make this film. And actually, he 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 managed to make his point that I can survive without studio intervention. Actually, I can, you know, director can make film without studio intervention, even though the film actually being funded by studios. Yeah, um, half half of the money is uh, it's from studio. He financed half of them, but I guess until they're shooting like three, yeah, I think until they're shooting like half of the fo- the of the movie, um, they just need like more budget because they because by then they're already like what I think two months, two months uh, late, two months behind. And, and, and also, you know, you have to deal with the, you know, the, the, the psychotic thing. And Dennis Hopper was like uh, full, full-blown drug abuse. And uh, Marlon Brando, I mean, not being being wacky and whatnot. I know Marlon Brando <laughs> cannot even remember his lines. That's just crazy, man. <laughs> and and I mean, yeah. like uh, the the the. The interesting part of this documentary is that because most of the footage and the audio and the um, the visual actually came from his um, wife, there are like parts where it's just really heartbroken. This is like this is Francis Ford Coppola, and he's doubting himself. <laughs> he's like he's like, I don't think I can make this movie. <laughs> How is that possible? Man? <laughs> How's that possible? Oh the God. director will always have to be the one person. I think, at least in this regard, um, he has to be dictatorial enough in in the way he expresses. I guess. I his guess. Passions. I guess he is. But I mean, like, remember again, this is like um, conversation with his wife hmm. that she recorded without his permission. So I guess this is like just like you know one of those times where he actually doubts himself. Would he ever be able to finish this movie? Hmm. Yeah, is it gonna be like a shit movie? That that sort of thing. He constantly worries about that, True. and it's kind of like interesting to see how you know Francis Ford Coppola, a fucking tough guy, right? <laughs> like a tough, like a scary director, and you can like see how frustrated he is. You know that one of his you know weakness there. You can see the when he's really really low. The the limits of of uh, dictators dictatorial powers, I guess. Mm. You really realize you actually have the power, but at the same time, kita tidak begitu berkuasa sangat. You have the ability untuk menentukan kita buat apa pada masa apa dengan siapa dan sebagainya. Tapi masih ada hat juga yang harus dipertikaikan. 
Dan ini sesuatu yang agak menarik yang harus difikirkan. I want to bring our attention to another film yang berjudul Youth Without Youth. Ini juga merupakan sebuah filem uh, di arahan Francis Ford Coppola pada tahun 2007. I remember watching this film a while back. Um, it stars Tim Roth and a few others. But a very interesting thing about this film is um, filem ini sebenarnya uh, diterbitkan dengan cara yang sangat low cost. And hmm. we're talking about Francis Ford Coppola sekarang pada masa sekarang ni beliau telah uh, by 2007 lah, by the mid 2000 ni dia macam dah ada banyak isu-isu peribadi dan juga professional uh, dan ekonomik. Eh? And he was forced to direct a few films and dia memang tak nak buat kan. I think he did Jack. If you guys remember that. that was it Jack? Um, I can't remember now yeah, exactly. Jack, Jack kan? Eh? Ada Robin Williams kan? Yeah, Jack yeah, uh, that was actually a, it's quite it's, it's, it's a nice film. It's a nice film. He directed it as well. He it's a it's a nice film um, for my part, but you know it's not exactly the kind of film yang Francis Ford Coppola nak buat. I, I have no doubt about that. So um, he made Youth Without You sebagai satu cara untuk uh, pulang kembali ke dasar asasnya dia sebagai seorang pengarah filem di mana dia tidak harus berfikir tentang uh, hal-hal praktikal dia hanya akan mengambil satu package yang simple dan dia bergerak dengan crew dia dengan minimal crew dia and what not kalau tak silap aku dia shooting kat Romania masa tu um, dan bekerja dengan beberapa uh, there was Tim Roth was one of the actors and Alexand- Alexandra Ma- um, Maria Lara I think um, she was a, she's a German actress dia pun ada dalam tu but Everybody else is pretty much an unknown in many respects. DP dia pun orang Romania. You know, somebody I think who just uh, started out in the industry. Dan dia sendiri kata, dia macam merasa ada satu kebebasan dalam kebolehan beliau untuk cuba menerbit filem dengan menggunakan alat-alat yang semuanya boleh dimuat ke dalam satu van sahaja. And I think this is an interesting thing yang kita boleh kaitkan di antara Act of Valor dan Apocalypse Now. Di mana kita nampak Dua Cara penerbitan filem yang sangat berbeza Tetapi seperti Dias telah Jelaskan tadi Memang um, Ada per, uh, ada banyak perbezaan Tapi ada satu persamaan yang tidak boleh dinafikan Iaitu the passion Yang pengarah filem semua ni ada right? And this passion is what drives them And in this case Francis Ford Coppola Yang dah buat The Godfather Yang dah buat Apocalypse Now Dan beberapa filem lain yang juga uh, Menarik dan sebagainya He's happy making a film dengan just driving around in a small van in Romania, you know. That says something, right? And it's this passion that I think is very important for us to consider um, when we come back after this short break. Um, so don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, so the button is pressed, the red light is on Dan tuan-tuan berapa sekalian, kita kembali sekali lagi Untuk segmen terakhir bagi episod ini Di mana kita akan berbicara mengenai uh, A couple of other films Aku, uh, I don't mind actually not talking so much previously Sebab aku lebih suka kalau orang lain cakap sebenarnya Tapi sekarang tiba masa ni mana saya akan memberi satu sumbangan Pada episod ini dari segi filem yang saya mm-hmm. baru saja tengok okay. Merupakan uh, sebuah filem berjudul Parental Guidance <laughs> Dan semua orang kat sini macam Mungkin sebab korang bukan parents eh? So you guys don't give a shit about this but... I don't know man <laughs> um, It's actually a film 
uh, yang dibintangi oleh uh, what's his name Billy Crystal. Have you guys? I know you guys have heard of Billy Crystal, right? Yes. Alright. Um, dia seorang pelakon yang dah lama saya tak tak nampak di di layar apa Perak sebagai seorang um, leading man lah. Apparently this is the first feature film di mana beliau menjadi watak utama um, in over 10 years. Hmm. Dan kali terakhir he was the main guy. It was a film called Analyze That. Have you guys seen that before? Analyze this and analyze that. Oh, dia dia sedang menggeleng kepala dia sekarang. You got to you got to check this out, man. Analyze this and analyze that sebenarnya adalah cerita di mana uh, Billy Crystal memain watak seorang main uh, who who was a psychiatrist kan? Ke psychologist? I think he's a psychiatrist. Tapi salah seorang patient dia yang baru masuk yang baru jumpa dia merupakan seorang bos mafia. Okay. So, there were a lot of very interesting problems. Um, but of course, dia pun pada awalnya dia tak sedar mamat ni mafia boss. Mm. And the mafia boss was Robert De Niro. Right? Ah. So, you can see how... It the, has to be De Niro. Right? It has to be De Niro. It has to be De Niro, man. Um, or Pacino. Or uh, Pacino. But it, I don't know why. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing tau. The, the very interesting thing is, Robert De Niro, I imagine him as the outlaw character. Tapi Al Pacino, I can imagine him as the um, character who's in the law, tetapi dia macam rebel. Yeah, you know or, or I mean? like a dirty cop. Like, yeah, like a cop, but uh, a rebel cop, a dirty cop, if you want to call that. Um, I'm also thinking of the the insider, right? Uh, Sebuah film di mana beliau memainkan watak seorang jurnalis, seorang wartawan yang sering merem, apa dia merempuh apa saja obstacle yang ada di da, di dalam di hadapannya untuk mendapatkan cerita dengan cara yang inilah dengan, dengan cerita yang yang jelas dan telus dan sebagainya um, so all these things are are very interesting you know, to note in terms of the characters lah right but there you go coming back to Billy Crystal and Parental Guidance ini sebenarnya sebuah filem di mana dua orang um, ada dua orang ada uh, se grandfather and a grandmother and then they had to take care of their kids uh, of their apa, grandkids while their daughter goes off uh, somewhere else it's a very interesting film about how um, all these families or family members come together and then they start to understand each other better and whatnot. Um, but the point I want to make here is I know you guys have not seen this quite possibly tapi aku rasa macam our stages in life juga menentukan hmm. ke apa kebolehan kita untuk menikmati sesebuah filem, faham tak? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I know I'm not saying this film is great, kapa ka? I think it's I think it's really funny, but that's because I'm starting to experience sedikit banyak apa yang watak-watak dalam filem ini uh, mengharungi dalam dalam cabaran mereka itu. Uh, filem ni pun kalau kau tengok kat Rotten Tomatoes dan sebagainya tak begitu tinggi sangat dia punya rating mm. dia but I think it's, it's quite alright it's, it's a very nice film to watch and and I wonder whether the time will come when Diaz will <laughs> tengok filem Frozen dan kata wow this is amazing <laughs> oh Frozen is amazing <laughs> right? <laughs> Frozen hey, is amazing it is amazing it has a very very good story <laughs> and it's amazing I'm serious I, I, I like it alright yeah <laughs> Frozen is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> don't, 
Well, don't say bad words about Frozen. Uh, nobody's saying bad words about it. I'm just saying that you're talking to a guy I'm who's just, I'm just, I'm just... promoting Act of Valor as an amazing um, work of art, which I suppose it is. I could not tengok lagi, and I'm very impressed with what uh, you have mentioned mm. to me. So I, I may take the time to check out Act of Valor. But here's the thing. Um, kalau aku macam umur 20-an macam tu dulu, I think I would go rush out to the cinema to watch this. You know, act of valor. But now, it's like, hey, let's stay home and watch Parental Guidance. <laughs> but it's, it's a 2012 movie, man. Act of valor, right? That's true. It's, it's I, not that I old. I actually though, watched yeah. the the premiere in Malaysia, like the first day it came out in Malaysia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what does that say? Perbezaan umur di antara saya dan Encik Hernawan. Because I've been following um, Shane Herbert's blog and he's been talking about how he made it possible to shoot a whole movie with Canon DSLRs. And I mean, like, if you watch it, if you watch the film, you can see a few rolling shutter, a few frames that they're trying to stabilize in pose. Yeah. Like, a lot of the frames that is just going, re- like, really, really soft because because probably it, the lens is open too wide. That sort of thing. You can see it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But anyway, so yeah, that's, that's the film that I saw. Um, parental Guidance um, But let's finish off With a film that I know That semua orang dah tengok kat sini Tadi Diaz kata dia Dah tengok film Godzilla mm. And I think that's a great film To finish off this particular episode um, Oh Somebody is a busy man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cari no pacarnya Iya dong Mr. Mus <laughs> Yeah what, what? I mean I'm just like uh, Trying to wake up my sleeping Okay, alright, you kind of lost you a bit there. You were trying to do what? Hello? Hello, yeah, we lost you a bit there. You were trying to do what? No, I'm just like, uh, try to wake up my PC from its slumber. I need to sleep at the end, so, yeah. I see, so while we were talking here, while I was talking here, Kasmina uh-huh. tengah buka internet, eh? I, aku faham, I understand. Yes. Tapi, tapi bro, aku pun buat juga. Don't worry. So we we similarly disrespect each other. <laughs> But actually, I'm doing this to to double check on certain things. There has to be. There's one thing I have to point out before we move on. Um, tadi kau kata filem Laila Masnun diarah oleh Hanif apa Husin Hanif kan? It's actually directed by. It's actually directed by Balakrishna Narayan Rao, B.N. Rao. So, um, it's, it's not entirely ni. But I, I understand what you were talking about. Sebab memang um, Hussein Hanif, dia memang seorang pengarah filem yang sangat termasyur pada era tersebut. So, it's easy to think. Yeah, I think I, 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 I could sleep dengan Hang Jebat. Hang Jebat yang Hussein Hanif. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. they are. Uh, apa hajat pun ada latihan formal, ada dinamat. So yeah, I yeah that's right, that's right. Yeah, absolutely right. Tapi tak apa, it's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a mistake. I think you got it a lot closer than I would have gotten it. Aku nak kena buka internet baru aku tahu. Kau sekurang-kurangnya kau dah boleh teka macam tu lah, right? And you got pretty close. Um, but never mind. We we come back to Godzilla. Um, Godzilla is it's a very impressive film in many ways. Um, it is. It's... What? What what is the most impressive thing about Godzilla? Um, maybe we ask uh, we ask Diaz dulu lah. What, what one thing that's most impressive about Godzilla? I can understand. I can't. I cannot understand Godzilla's motive. 
you know, it's just as if Godzilla is there because God has sent him to protect the mankind. Alright. Like, really, that's that's how I see it because... It, but is that the best thing about Godzilla? The film Godzilla? Well, the best thing about Godzilla is that the whole... I mean, the whole movie is... Well, it's titled Godzilla and we can only see Godzilla for like 20 minutes in the film. <laughs> Because probably it's really expensive to render him out, right? Probably. To destroy that much of the city. Probably. But, um, yeah, I think that is pretty... I don't know. That's, that's pretty intriguing to see how, you know, Godzilla kind of like reacts in the movie. Hmm. And the whole movie is not really about Godzilla, right? It is. It's not. It's, it's not really about Godzilla. Yeah. Um... What yeah, is it? Not. <laughs> okay, what, what is it about, Moose? What is Godzilla about? Um, I think I. Godzilla is just like. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I call it an audience beta. Lah. I think the whole, the whole thing about Godzilla, the film Godzilla, I mean the recent Godzilla, is about a guy who wants to go back to his family. That's all. That's mm. what the movie is all about. It's about a guy who wants to go back to his family. I mean, you can replace Godzilla with earthquake or volcano, punya eruption or whatever shit that is. But it's all about the movie about a guy who wants to go back to his family. Mm. That's it. I think it's uh, it's quite interesting uh, 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 twist uh, when it comes to film. I mean, about film such as popcorn. You know, the, the basis is popcorn. It's about Sebelum ni kalau kita tengok cerita with Godzilla, uh, I mean the nine Godzilla kan, ada, uh, hmm. I think I can't even remember who, who was in it. It's all about the it's all about the monster. I mean even the previous uh, uh, Godzilla that made I mean the 60s by the Japanese. It's all about it's all about the it's all about the monsters. It's just that now everyone about trying to give uh, more humanistic feelings to it. You know, by by emphasizing more on the people rather than the Godzilla itself. Hmm. But in, I mean, I, I I know a lot of uh, Godzilla fanatic who hates this movie because it's not about Godzilla; it's about a guy trying to go back to his family. I mean, that's what interesting movie. I mean, that what actually makes me watch the movie. Draw the end. Draw the end. I mean, I'm not a big fan of two monster, you know, scratching each other to death. You know, so. But the way that it it being presented, that it's about this guy stuck in Japan because of this monster coming out and whatever, and he just wants to go back to his family, man. And I just I don't give a shit. I mean, this guy just I don't give a damn about the monster. Why not? I just don't want to go back to his family. So that that journey, you know, yeah. give that uh, other that uh, uh, emotional journey to his audience. You know, even those who doesn't actually like Godzilla. Uh, yeah, I mean they they can enjoy it. I mean I'm not saying that God, the, the, the recent Godzilla is like great. I mean it's an okay film. You know, it's not a movie that I would download later. But yeah, I mean it's an okay film lah. It's mm. not memorable, but yeah, it's an okay film. I mean I don't I don't feel my 15 ringgit. It's a 15 ringgit worth of movie, man. Mm. But, and it's okay lah. I mean I don't feel wasted lah. Mm. Unlike certain movies. Yeah, you pay 50 ringgit to watch it. You watch a 3D one, I guess, with a girl. Oh, oh okay. You watch a 3D one with a girl, is it? Sorry. 
You watch the 3D version, is it? Yeah, because two je yang choose ada because you know we already in the valley. We. Yeah. Oh, I see. Watch movie. So who is we yeah. actually? I'm a housemate, lah. Okay, alright. Well, going back to Godzilla again, right? Mm. It's not just about the man trying to go back to his family. I I kind of like see it as a as a guy who is you know researching about this thing and he knows it. It's, it's I, I don't know. I, I kind of like see this movie as this is like for the you know uh, Ken Watanabe's character, mm. the professor. I think yeah, his his arc is a lot more interesting than the main guys. I mean. He was there. He's researching these monsters, and he's there, and he sees this Godzilla hmm. or Gojira. Like I don't know, it's like his baby. Absolutely, yeah. It's right. like he owns the baby, and he wants to make sure that it's taken care of to a certain extent, eh? and he doesn't want any harm to come to it. Here's the one thing, ah, bagi aku yang paling menarik tentang Godzilla. We don't really see Godzilla all that much. Um, the height was built up very well. Um, and then bila tiba masanya aku tak rasa kecewa tapi apa yang bagi, paling menarik bagi aku adalah ini adalah sebuah filem di mana watak utama filem tu kita tak nampak sepenuhnya sampai hampir pertengahan filem itu and i think this is a very important distinction to make dalam banyak blockbuster films terutama for the summer popcorn kind of films kita tengok yang kita nampak ada terlalu banyak yang telah dipaparkan terlalu awal di mana Ya, itu adalah apa yang audience nak Tetapi Tidak ada sesuatu yang mendorong mereka Atau menarik mereka untuk terus menonton filem itu Bagi filem Godzilla yang menarik adalah Pada awalnya memang kita nampak Godzilla Tapi sedikit sebanyak saja Kita tak nampak sepenuhnya Dan kita tidak begitu dengar sangat Apa? Um, naungan Laungan The Godzilla Raw kan The famous Raw tu Baru kemudian saja kita nampak Yang kita baru Naungan 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 Okay Naungan I might be wrong though Bro Don't mislead me bro You are the only government servant left here Alright Anyway go on Anyways We continue um, But the point here is Orang The filmmakers tahu apa yang orang nak dan mereka macam memancing kita supaya kita lebih menikmati filem itu um, bukan saja sebab apa yang kita nak tetapi juga sebab apa yang kita tak tahu apa yang kita nak which is apa yang dia kata tentang cerita tentang keluarga tu right because for the most part when you watch the teasers or the trailers bagi aku aku tak tahu apakah peranan yang dimainkan oleh Brian Cranston dan Juliet Binoche dan apa Aaron Taylor Johnson kan Who are they? What are their characters? What are their connection and relationships? Bagi aku tak jelas sangat. Alright? But apa yang jelas adalah dia memberi kita peluang untuk melihat sedikit saja daripada apa yang kita nampak of Godzilla. Kalau kau tengok salah satu trailer filem ni, one of the most is for me is an amazing is an amazing trailer. Shot, uh, shot dia ambil daripada scene Di mana the soldiers jump out from the aeroplane Alright Dan kita hanya nampak daripada point of view Askar-askar ni Dan kita tak nampak se- Kita tak nampak sebab ada banyak asap Dan apa uh, Awan-awan yang yang gets in the way and everything Kita tak nampak Godzilla mana Godzilla mana right And we we just 
We're just looking at it from their perspective. Dan bila kita betul-betul nampak Godzilla daripada perspektif mereka. Close fucking eyes, man. Yeah. Nombor satu, kita hanya nampak sebahagian dia. Nombor dua, takut gila. And that's the thing. The sense of fear and awe. Itu memang sesuatu yang sangat besar. Itu yang bagi aku, kita memang tak nampak the monster earlier on, as Diaz pointed out. But aku rasa it's a very deliberate storytelling strategy. Dan ini mungkin satu strategi yang kita harus pertikaikan lagi bagi, you know, not just for our projects in the future, right? But also for other filmmakers. Hopefully they will consider this as well. And as Diaz pointed out, banyak yang orang jimatkan daripada segi uh, frame yang harus direnda dan sebagainya. <laughs> so, so it's a practical yeah. ni juga, right? Well, they, they have to shoot in Japan and Philippines, man. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, it's not cheap to shoot there. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to shoot in the in Japan and the Philippines and America and America yeah anyways um, I think that's about it again for today I think kita dah hampir 45 minit kita berbicara di episode uh, ini um, Muz ada apa ke yang kau nak tambahkan sebelum kita berakhir untuk hari ini uh, no I think uh, I'm too hungry to actually add any more points <laughs> okay alright I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, let's just be done with it for today. Ayuh kita pergi um, rokok ke, minum ke, makan ke, um, sembahyang isyak ke apa ke dan sebagainya. Um, as usual, terima kasih kepada tuan-tuan perempuan sekalian yang kena studi meluangkan masa yang kita. Encik Muzaffar Shah Nafi, thank you very much for having made the effort and the time untuk bersama dengan kita pada hari ini. Dan juga, rakan-rakan, last but not least, Mr. Hernawan. Yay! Finally back on the show after one year. <laughs> InsyaAllah, uh, masa seterusnya tidak akan begitu lama right, untuk anda bersama dengan kita lagi. We have uh, always we always have good discussions. Uh, sama ada kita setuju atau tidak, it's probably a different story. But the discussions, is always uh, they are always livelier. Right? And I think itu yang uh, sesuatu yang kita cuba mencetuskan melalui podcast ini. Alright, thank you very much ladies and gentlemen. Um, and have a nice week. Assalamualaikum. Ha, 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 ha.